All right, good morning, church. It was good to Zoom with you this morning. I know that you are probably aware that I'm recording this the night before, and so how could I know that it was good? It was good because I got to see you, and uh, it was really fun last week, and I'm looking forward to it again this week. I'm also looking forward to uh, getting led in worship by Kobe again. I'm glad that their family is feeling much better. I uh, just want to kind of give you guys a quick update on our status in terms of reopening. As you guys know, the the governor is supposed to announce Monday kind of what the plans are for the state home order, if he's going to extend that or if it will be uh, or if it'll expire on the 15th, as they previously had said. Um, I met with the elders last week uh, and we are all of the same mindset um, as of now. Uh, just because the state will or will not allow us to, to start meeting doesn't mean we need to rush to make anything happen. Uh, I've been doing a lot of reading, a lot of listening, going to uh, webinars that are put on by uh, the state, but also some federal stuff, um, some things particularly for work, but are applicable to us. Uh, and all of that to say that the most important thing for us is that when we do reopen, that we do that safely. Um, our church, because of the community and because of the age and the demographic of our church, it just um, there's some inherent compl complications there. And so um, our primary goal, uh, as you guys know, is to, um, to take care of one another. And so whenever we get ready to do that, there's going to be a lot of conversation about how that's going to take place. I just want you to know that, um, just like I said last week, that we're looking at it, we're thinking about it, we're praying most importantly. Uh, and we want to join you guys in praying for us, asking the Lord specifically for wisdom as we make plans. Uh, my intent as of now, what we're going to do is um, just kind of wait and see how things progress in terms of phasing and reopening. And then um, I know that Bethany and Brittany have been spending a lot of time talking and thinking about uh, youth and children's ministry because that's where the the biggest complications are just because kids are young and they don't make good decisions because they don't know they need to. Um, but uh, just we'll be meeting with them, the elders will, uh, to make a plan and then we'll be communicating that with you guys plenty in advance so that we can make the necessary preparation so that we can do things safely. You guys know our hearts on that. We want to take care of one another because we love each other. And so we're going to just move slow as the Lord leads. And uh, and for now, we'll continue as we're doing. And, and I don't know about you guys, but um, I was sharing with the elders this week that this has been really good for me. Um, I'm not talking about the recording of sermons. I can take it or leave it. But uh, I'm talking about just the amount of time that I've had with my family has been fantastic. And so uh, we've really enjoyed that. And I hope that you guys have as well. Um, I do want to say Happy Mother's Day uh, before we get started today to all the moms out there. Uh, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot this week, and um, this afternoon as I was kind of wrapping up my preparations before recording, Bethany poked her head in the office and said, hey, did you see the video that Maddie posted? And of course I had not, so I stopped and went and watched it, and I'm really glad that I did. Uh, Maddie, I just want to say thank you for sharing your heart and sharing uh, the journey that you and Jake have been on. I've been all day trying to kind of think of the right thing to say. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of women in this world and some in our church that have struggled with um, with pregnancy and with motherhood. And so I know myself well enough to know that um, I would just fumble through that. And you did a fantastic job of of sharing those things. And so I just, I guess the, the easiest thing for me to say or the best thing for me to say is, um, you know, to, to all those who have struggled um, with having children or have lost children, I just want you to know that you're known and that you're loved dearly. Um, and to all the moms out there, thank you so much for um, taking care of all of us, not just the kiddos. We really appreciate it and we love you very much. So thank you for that. 
Um, and, and also, just a side note, isn't that what's incredible about the body of Christ? You know, one of the things that I struggled with with sharing anything in that realm is that I don't have any experience there. And so uh, it's always really important to me that when I come to you guys, when I speak in front of you, that I do so with um, a lot of authenticity. Um, and, and I think that was a big part of my struggle. And so um, it was really a blessing for me to be able to, to listen to Maddie and to, um, to just share that with her. Um, and, and, but also to gain some wisdom, some insight that I would never be able to get without her sharing. So thanks again, Maddie. We really appreciate it and we love you so much. Um, all right. So today we're going to pick up where we left off in Ecclesiastes chapter three. We're going to read verses 16 through 22. And as I've been doing, we're going to read the whole passage and then we'll go through and kind of break it down. I think, uh, I do that primarily because it helps me in terms of forming my thoughts to see the whole chunk that we're going to. Um, we're going to read that day, and it, it kind of gives you a, a roadmap for where we're going. So we'll start this morning. We'll read in verse 16 uh, and go through verse 22, and then we'll kind of break some things down. So let's dive in. So verse 16. Moreover, I saw under the sun that in the place of justice, even there was wickedness. And in the place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time for every matter and for every work. I said in my heart with regard to the children of man that God is testing them that they may see that they themselves are but beast. For what happens to the children of man and what happens to the beast is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath, and man has no advantage over the beast, for all is heaven. Go, all go to one place. All are from the dust, and to dust all return. Who knows whether the spirit of man goes upward, and the spirit of the beast goes down into the earth? So I saw that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his work, for that is his lot. Who can bring him to see what will be after him? All right. As we kind of dive in this morning, I think it would be good for, for me to kind of address the elephant in the room. Um, there may be not... Uh, elephant in your room. I don't know, but there was for me this week. As uh, I'm sure you guys are aware of the case, uh, the young man that was um, jogging and uh, was, well, I'm not even going to get into it. His name was Ahmad. Uh, if you're not familiar with the story, after this is over, you can go check it out. Um, and, and all I know about this is what's been shared uh, in the press conference with the GBI. Um, and I know that there's a lot more that's going to come out in the future. And without really knowing all the details, um, we can all agree that it's a tragedy that a young man was killed, right? I mean, that's it's horrific. Um, I can't imagine being his mom, right, on Mother's Day and, and knowing that her son is gone. Um, I've always made it a point, or I've tried really, really hard when I'm in front of you guys not to comment on political things. And, you know, in this case in particular, until a judge and jury review the details of exactly what happened um, and, and they decide, right, that's their job, I'm not going to make any further comments. But I wanted you to know that as I was studying these passages and after hearing the news, my heart it, it just sank in my chest, right? And, I, and I'm sure that you probably had similar experiences. And I wanted to, to just mention that today because I wanted to give us, as we're reading this, this passage, as we're thinking about justice, I wanted to give us the head and the heart space um, to take these moments and process what's going on. You know, we can look over the 
you know, just the, the history of my life in terms of what's gone on in the United States in the last 30-something years. And uh, there has been a significant amount of tragedy, of, of injustices that happen, right? And, and so what's interesting is, is as we read this passage and we, we feel the heartbeat of the preacher here, what we see is that things have not changed, right? He was experiencing injustice in his world. And we're experiencing it in ours. What was true for him is is true for us. Wickedness is alive and well in our lives just like it was for him. And as believers who profess to love Jesus and to love our neighbors as ourselves, we should be heartbroken. And I can't speak for you, but I can tell you that that I am. And there's some other things. Some friends of mine are struggling in life and 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 it just it breaks my heart because I, I love people, but mostly I think it's because the Holy Spirit is in me and He is grieving as well. And so I experience that with Him. You know, our hearts should break every time we hear of death or of injustice in our world. We see in our passage today that the preacher focuses on the hypocrisy that exists in the realm of justice. The fact that the very place that we should be able to find justice, instead we find wickedness. And this is not a new concept for us, right? We, we talked about this specifically in the beginning. Russ introduced it, and then he, he put out a video this week, I'm sure you guys saw, where he talks about this word hevel and how it's the same word that's used for Abel's name. Um, and knowing that helps us understand this upside-downness of the world that we live in, right? We, we know from that story that Abel, the righteous son who pleased God, receives death, and Cain, the unrighteous one, the murderer, receives a long and prosperous life. And, and that helps us because we realize that, that it's just part of the brokenness of the world that we live in. It's, it's a sin problem that exists because sin is in the world. And unfortunately, that's just part of life for us. And it's, it isn't always fair right? Life is not fair and there's nothing that we can do about it. As I was thinking about this passage this week, I was reminded of a story that my dad has told me many times of when he was a kid, his older brother Chuck um, and and my dad were uh, instructed. Now, I don't know if this story is true. I'm just telling you I've heard it, okay? They were told that they had to share a candy bar. So my uncle breaks it into two pieces and he looks at them and one was significantly bigger than the other, so he bites off the bigger one so that the two pieces are now the same, and then he gives my dad his piece. That's not fair, right? But but isn't that how life feels sometimes, right? It's just, it's not fair. It, it seems so obvious what the solution should be, but it never seems to work out that way. I want to remind you as we're as we're looking at this passage today of something that we've talked about over the last two weeks, and that and that is that God's timing is not like ours, and it's so important for us to remember that. And we're going to see why that's important in just a minute. But I want you to understand that that God sees what we cannot see, right? And He comprehends what we cannot comprehend, and that doesn't um, make hard things any easier, but it certainly gives us some perspective on. On what to do with those feelings, right? And the preacher tells us in verse 17 where his place um, for hope in, in the world of justice is. Look at verse 17 again. He said, I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time for every matter and for every work. We can place our hope just as the preacher does in, in this place. Our hope for justice is in God. It isn't easy when we're treated wrongly, 
right? To just be silent and wait for God. That's a hard thing. But sometimes God calls us to speak up for ourselves or for those that can't speak up uh, for their for their own self. But sometimes God tells us to wait. God tells us to let him be our defense. And that's not easy. Many of us in the church have a history of suffering through injustice, and it makes this topic incredibly difficult for us. And I, I want, first off, to let you know that I'm aware that it's not easy, right? I've got some things in my life that I can look back on and go, look, this is this is, this is not okay, right? We've all been through that. And in living with, with that kind of suffering, we find ourselves often asking God why we must go through this kind of affliction, right? And we can find comfort and understanding a lot of times that we're not alone, that it's not, you know, it's not just me that's going through hard stuff. We see the preacher wrestling with this issue in our passage today. And just this morning in my quiet time was this passage from Jeremiah. And I wanted to share with you guys because I think it's just on point for today. In Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Righteous are you, O Lord, when I complain to you, yet I would plead my case before you. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all the treacherous thrive? We see this over and over and over in Scripture, and, and it's because of sin in the world that we go through these things. But isn't it freeing to know that we're not alone in struggling um, with what we see in the world? I know it is for me. It's so comforting to know that it's not just the time period that I live in that's so messed up. It's comforting to know that, um, and I know this may sound weird and kind of backwards, but it's comforting to know that that it's been this way a long time, that I'm not the only one, that we're not the only ones. It's not something that's just wrong with us, right? But church, listen, how we respond to the injustice that we see has significant implications, right? For us, for those that are being victimized, for the church, in every case that we come across, we need to ask God how we're to respond to what's happening to us and to the people around us. And we can rest in the fact that, that Scripture is clear, so clear, that God will deal with the sin of all people. Not just my sin, not just your sin, but all sin. We're going to read a couple of verses, and I'm going to just kind of power through these, and then we'll address them at the end. Matthew 16, 27, it says, For the Son of Man is going to come with His angels in the glory of His Father, and then He will repay each person according to what He has done. 2 Corinthians 5.10 For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Or Romans 2.6-11 He will render to each one according to his works. For those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil, the Jew first and also the Greek, but the glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, the Jew first and also the Greek, for God shows no partiality. And then 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 6 through 10, since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you, and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. 
They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His might. When He comes on that day to be glorified in His saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed. Look, I think it's worth noting that in all of these passages that we read, which, by the way, are not easy and, and, and frankly, a bit frightening, right? That's not a, an aspect of God's character that we talk about often, but it's there in Scripture. God is going to bring about justice. And remember what we said in the beginning, that it's, it's not going to happen necessarily in our timing, but it will happen in God's timing. But I wanted to point out in all these passages and across Scripture, we see the same truth, right? The truth that we see is, is that God is the one that is bringing forth justice. I don't know about you, but for me, that brings up several questions. And I'll just read these out, and you guys can discuss them in life group. But I ask myself, well, what do we do when we see injustice, right? If God's going to be the one that takes care of it, what is my responsibility? Because don't we all at some point feel a responsibility to act? And if we feel that responsibility, how do we know if we should, right? Listen, God can and will use all of us. But we need to understand that if God chooses to use us, it is still God that's doing the work. It's not us. I read this in one of my, my commentaries this week, and it was so good. I just had to share it with you guys. It says this, Nevertheless, Though we are limited in many designed ways, the preacher emphasizes human responsibility by placing it at the fore of this passage. Just as God does everything beautiful in His timing, listen to this, we are expected to do everything in its time, as far as we have been empowered to do so, right? And I'm putting some emphasis there. We were created in God's image. We are to be mature as He is mature. And we are to reflect His nature in the timing of our activities. Look, I want to repeat this again here for effect, right? It says that we are expected to do everything in its time as far as we are empowered to do it. And so that brings up a couple of things. That there is a time and there is a command to do so. And then there is power that's given to do what we've been commanded. Look at, at what he references there in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, because I, I don't know if you're familiar with this passage. I've shared it before, but I want you to see the weight that's given here. That passage says, You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Listen, church. In everything we do, particularly in the realm of justice, the what, the when, and the how we speak and act those things are a reflection of God. That means that the comments that we make on social media, the things we say in conversation, even the things we say in the comfort of our home, are informing the people around us in the nature and the character of God. I want you to take a minute and just take in the weight of that. The things that we say and the things that we do are informing people about the nature and the character of God. And specifically today, we're talking about justice. Listen, how we address those things shouldn't be our opinions. When we see injustice in the world, our knee-jerk response should not be how we feel. 
Okay, it shouldn't be our opinions because as believers, we aren't representing just ourselves. We are representing Christ and his bride. So we're representing Christ and the church. It's not just our opinion anymore if we have claimed the name of Jesus. We cannot bring God's love into a broken world if we're representing our own opinions. What we're bringing into a broken world is our own brokenness. And it doesn't matter how smart or how wise you think you are. If it's not from God, it's not good, right? Look, what our world needs is God's love, which means that when we speak, we need to be speaking on God's behalf. We need to speak what God has told us to speak. Do you see the difference there? And do you realize, do you feel, do you understand how big a deal that is? Look, we, we shouldn't, in knowing and feeling that weight, we shouldn't let that paralyze us with fear. In fact, it should do the exact opposite. It should cause us to seek God with diligence. In doing that, when God tells us to speak out, we can have confidence that we're operating in God's power and not our own. Because we've been hearing, we've been listening, and now we're obeying. And you may be thinking that there are times when we need to respond quickly. And I would agree with you. There are times when we see injustice, and the time to to respond is not a week from now or months from now. The time to respond is right there in the moment. And so how do we deal with that? Well, listen, I want to remind you that our call as a church is to abide, right? And if we are, are making a commitment, if we're making the effort, if we are daily spending time with the Lord, and we are abiding with Him moment by moment, in those moments where we need a quick response, we can be confident that it's the Holy Spirit because we're in tune with Him, right? We have spent our day, we are spending moment by moment asking the Lord about everything that's going on in our life. So when we need to respond quickly, we can do so with confidence because we are doing what God has called us to do, which is to abide in Him. And the second point I want to make today, moving from that thought into the next, is that we have a constant reminder that we are not God. And I think it's important for us to understand that when we're talking about how we respond to injustice, right? Look at verse 18 through 20 with me again in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It says, I said in my heart with regard to the children of man that God is testing them that they may see that they themselves are but beasts. For what happens to the children of man and what happens to the beast is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath, and man has no advantage over the beast, for all is heaven, right? All go to one place, all are from dust, and to dust all return. You know, in in talking about justice and injustice, it's good for us to remember that we can't fix the world, right? If people were able to fix the world, there'd be no need for a Messiah, right? If, the, if people could fix the world, we wouldn't, the world wouldn't be as messed up as it is right now. And as I stated a minute ago, you know, we can, we can and, and we will be used by God to bring about justice, but we need to remember that we are not qualified or capable of, of accomplishing those things on our own, specifically because we're not God. And, and our constant reminder that we're not God is death, right? And I know that's morbid to think about, but... You know, we've talked about recently that God in his mercy gave us death so that we wouldn't have to live in this anguish forever. And it is also mercy that he shows us that we're not gods, right? Consider the world that we live in. How much suffering 
that people go through as a result of people in authority over them taking that power and using it more than they ought to. People suffer because of the abuse of power on a daily basis, right? Because people have in their minds that they have more authority or they are better than other people around them. However, at the end of all of it, we all have the same fate that the beasts, that the animals of the earth have. We die, right? From dust we came and from dust we return. That's the end of that passage. Look, this is the clearest example that we are not in control. It is a constant reminder to all human beings that we're not in control because we cannot control that, right? We see at the end of this chapter that we're being pointed back again to the garden as he continually does. Look at verse 21 and 22 with me. He says, Who knows whether the spirit of man goes upward and the spirit of beast goes down into the earth? So I saw that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his work, for that is his lot. Who can bring him to see what will be after him? Sorry, I forgot to click the slide again. <laughs> Look, the preacher is reminding us of what God told Adam and Eve, and it's this passage from Genesis chapter 3, verse 19. We've read this before. He says, By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So the, the preacher rounds out this chapter in which we've talked about our relationship with time, our relationship with work, and then now justice by reminding us that we're only here for a short while, right? And knowing that begs the question, well, what do we do with the time that we're given? We've talked about that before. The teacher, again, brings us back to obeying what God's commanded us. Because we cannot see the future, we should live in the moment and enjoy that work that God has given us to do. It's in obeying God that we find fulfillment, that we find peace, that we find joy, and that we find justice. So church, what is it that God has given us to do, right? We talk about this all the time. We've been talking about it more recently. He's called us to abide, right? He wants us to know him by experience through obedience. As you guys have seen this week, God has given Glenn a word that now is the time to share the book, The Abiding Cycle, right? We just got it published. It's on Amazon. We're all really excited about it, and God has been very clear with him. And if you have questions, feel free to reach out to him. He'd love to tell you the story of how God did that. But God has, has shown him that now is the time to share this book, okay? Now is the time for us to share this incredible knowledge, this message that God has given us. But in order for us to do that with authenticity, we have to be living it, right? And, and I know you get tired of hearing Glenn and I talk about this, and, but, and I'm saying it because I know that some of you have, have shared with me and shared with Glenn that you're struggling during this season with spending time with the Lord. But listen, as we talked about today, and as we've talked about in the past over and over and over again, the only thing in life that is going to bring us what we really need, which is a relationship with Jesus, is spending time with Him. It's the same message, it's a simple message, is that God has called us to live in relationship with Him. He's called us to abide in Him. And in order for us to share what we know by experience, we've done this before, in order for us to share that with authenticity, we've got to be living that life. It's important for us, that, but one, it's important for us just personally, right, to be in relationship with God but also in terms of us sharing, if we are moment by moment abiding in Him, we are going to have more stories than we could ever think to imagine to make up 
because we're doing it, right? And so as we share this with our friends and they call or they Zoom us and they say, hey, can you tell me about this abiding thing? What does this look like for you? You'll have something to tell them and not something that happened a year ago, but maybe something that happened yesterday or an hour ago or just a few minutes ago or perhaps even their phone call, right? We need to do that with authenticity. I want to encourage you to bring that to the Lord. Pray about who God's calling you to share that book with. As, as Glenn put on his, on his post, I'm sure you read it if you didn't go check it out. But what, what we're asking is that you would pray and ask the Lord for someone here locally in the state of Louisiana that you can share that book with. And then someone that's out of state that you can share that book with. Share it with them and ask them to read it and to pray about sharing that with someone else. And let's let this thing move by word of mouth, right? I want to, again, encourage you guys to bring that to the Lord and ask God to give you a desire to spend time with Him. I know we talked about that before, but sometimes when we're just not feeling it, the best thing we can do is to ask God to give us the desire. Scripture's clear that God calls us to Himself, that we don't seek Him on our own. And so let's don't be embarrassed by that. Don't feel shame about that. Ask the Lord and say, God, I'm struggling with this. Help me. Give me a desire to get up early or to stay up late, whatever works for you and to spend time with the Lord. I want to close today with a passage that was in my quiet time this morning because it was an incredible encouragement to me, and I hope that it will be for you. Um, I'm going to try to click through the slides as best I can. It's Isaiah chapter 55, and I know that sounds huge, but it's only about 13 verses. So read this with me and really meditate on the words. Let the Lord speak to you this morning through this word. Okay. It says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not, not, does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in the rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live, and I will make you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and a commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that you do not know you shall, shall run to you, because the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth the sprout, giving seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish what I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign 
that shall not be cut off. Look, it is and it always has been God's desire that we would know Him. And I love that even before I listened to Maddie's post today, that passage was in my message. And in that passage, we see the things that the Lord was speaking to me all week about us calling out to Him and being diligent about spending time with Him, but also those elements that Maddie talked about, about growth, right? And this imagery of seeds and the, the waters coming down and things growing. Look, God is speaking a word to us, church. He's speaking it to Maddie. He's speaking it to Glenn. He's speaking it to me. And he's speaking it to you. Now is the time for us to call upon the name of the Lord and grow. This is not a time to sit and be stagnant, but this is to be a time of growth. And God is not done with us. I am so excited about the things that are on our horizon, the things that God is going to do in our body, even while we don't get to meet. I think this is going to be good for us. I think it has been good for us. And I believe that the Lord has even more growth for us. But the only way that happens is if we spend time with Him. Listen, God is not just um, calling you to Himself. He's calling you to share a message with people in your lives, people that desperately need it. So church, let's live as a people that abide in Christ and let's share that blessing that we've received with others. I love you guys so much. I can't wait to hear your stories. Please, as you're growing, just like Maddie said in her video, as you are growing, as the Lord is doing things in your life, post those on our page. Let's encourage one another with what the Lord's doing. I love you guys so much. I can't wait to see you again. Bye.